Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Call Me Crazy. Y'all can call me Baz. We're back in the building at Key Radio, and we are here with a special guest. What can we call you, Miss? Tatiana. I'm so excited. So for our longtime followers, you might have already heard Tatiana um, and her lovely voice and all the knowledge she brings, but just to give a background for anyone who is just tuning in, um, Tatiana, or Tat, as I like to call her, is a wellness practitioner. Um, you also got a certification in natural wellness at the Queen Afua University, which I definitely want you to talk about before we move on. And right now you're um, trying to get your nutrition certification, correct? Yeah. Okay, so cool. I'm in <laughs> yeah. to um, be a registered holistic nutritionist. Mm-hmm. So I have one wellness certification already, and um, I'm actually looking to build on that and build on my experience a little bit. Um, yeah. So Queen Afua, I'll yeah, touch on that. I love it. Um, Queen Afua, she's an OG, super experienced in the wellness space. And she has her own university that really breaks down. She unpacks the history of um, a lot of you know, traditional practices, saging, crystals, essential oils. And for me, I was looking to bring my... Um, bring my understanding full circle. There was a lot of things about uh, wellness that I was interested in and I thought were like cool, maybe because they were trendy, but I wanted to fully understand their history and Mm -hmm. exactly where um, those rituals and traditions came from. So I um, decided to study it so that I could Mm -hmm. bring my understanding full circle. I found her program to be extremely effective. I graduated last year. Uh, graduation was in LA. It was so, so dope. Ooh, so fun. I yeah. To link up with all the people that were mutually, you know, interested in the same things that I was interested in. And yeah, now I'm continuing my education. I currently study at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and I'm looking to get my registered holistic nutrition certificate. And you also have a little side business. Can we shout that out, please? <laughs> yeah, I have a side business as well. You guys can search it up, Plant House Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, house is spelled the German way, H-A-U-S. Mm-hmm. And um, I sell uh, freshly pressed juices, gels. I'm looking to expand my line. I'll leave that to be a surprise, the new mm-hmm. products that I'm coming out with. I'm still testing new recipes, but um, juices, nut milks, and gels at this current time. And um, I'm looking to expand that to, you know, include a little bit more plant-based options in the future. I love it. I'm here for it. So y'all heard that. She got that juice if you need it. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's keep it going. I have an icebreaker, as I always do. It's something a little lighthearted. Um, I actually heard this earlier in Clubhouse, but I wanted to know if you were the last person on Earth, just going with the times right now, um, what would you do? Like, what would that day look like? I don't know if you've watched um, I Am Legend. Yeah, and he's yeah. Like, no, no, no. Anytime I think last person, <laughs> I think of that movie. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's a classic that goes down in history. If you haven't seen that, like, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing? You got time um, now. Oh, my gosh. I know. I when- have this conversation so often with, like, friends and family. What would I do? I mean, it actually totally depends on... I feel what's at stake. Like a last day on earth could be peaceful, but then it could be like, I picture it to have like zombies, everything breaking (laughs) down, people dying. So maybe I'd spend it hiding out, doing things um, that I love, Mm -hmm. you know, um, 
deep reflection, trying to keep my peace mm-hmm. during such a chaotic time, um, trying to protect my space because I don't think it would be safe if it was the last day on earth. Mm-hmm. I, like if there was, yeah, that situation. Uh, I, I guess like it was contextual, but yeah. Yeah, it would be super scary, I feel. So I would be trying to like keep myself sane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep that mental yeah honestly crazy what I, about you when someone when they asked i was like like i don't even want to do that like can i not sign up for that um yeah but if i had to say um i don't know like to be honest similar like trying to find peace trying to find a way to just mentally get through it i think physically it's so unpredictable so like, unpredictable so what can i do um, it sounds weird, but I would try and find some form of life, whether it's animals, plants, yeah. or something I was like just to thinking, connect. I would go to the water. That yeah, is my favorite water. place yeah. to be. But Same. for some reason, I just picture it being like broken cement. Mm. Like I'm legend. I picture it like I'm legend. Yeah. That's what I picture. Yeah, I know. Like I'm like, where's the water? Nowhere. <laughs> but I have a dog in my head. Like, I don't know why there's a dog. Okay. Yeah. I'm so, legend. Yeah. told you that. that yeah, you're going to have I a think, dog. <laughs> and I'd be Will Smith, basically. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so just to kind of. Um, get into our topic. Um, we have so much we could talk about. We both occupy similar spaces of like wellness and all that. So I know we could talk about just about anything. Um, but I always want it to be intentional and something that resonates with where we're at in our individual lives. Um, and there was a topic that we spoke about a while ago and it was based off of a quote Actually, let me... I was looking. The date was August when I was like, yo, Bass, we got to unpack this topic. August. And where are we at now? December. And now we're unpacking But you know what? We're here. Better late than never, right? Exactly. So (laughs) let me me read the quote, um, and then we'll explain a little bit. Um, So if you believe everyone deserves compassion, kindness, understanding, and empathy, but you don't offer those things to yourself, what makes you so unique to be the only exception? Um, okay, so from jump, what what made you want to send this to me? I think that it was so thought provoking, mm-hmm. and I was like, when I there's just certain discussions. I feel like we have friends for a certain reason, yeah. And if I want to talk about fitness, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to Christine. Yeah. Same. If I want to talk about wellness and mental health and things and like psychology and stuff like that, I'm coming to Bass. Yeah. So I was like, this is so thought provoking. Mm. It touched me. Like I read a lot of stuff yeah. on my explore page and all that kind of stuff. And there's something that resonated with me mm-hmm. um, with this particular post in a different way. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I just like, and also not only was it thought provoking and I was sitting there and I was like, reflecting on the question I also felt like I had so much to say about this topic and so much almost excuses I won't ruin what we'll get into but I had excuses as to why I maybe don't treat myself with the ultimate amount of compassion and kindness I was like oh because this Mm -hmm. oh because that but I couldn't even understand why those I literally had the quickest answers as to why Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do those things But yeah, it put me into a place of, um, you know, reflection. And I wanted to kind of, you know, discuss that with you to get your perspective. Ooh, It's Mm -hmm. so crazy that you said that to me. So um, I always candidly share this, but I'm in therapy and I think everyone should be in therapy. But um, a lot of the times, the only time I have to reflect or see um, where I'm at, what, what space I'm occupying, what season I'm in is when I'm in therapy to kind of 
see what themes there are. And a big one for me is um, how I treat myself and how I treat others are so different. It's literally like completely different relationships and different standards that I have. Um, and my inner critic or self saboteur or, um, that negative voice in my head is probably one of the leading causes to a lot of my mental health struggles. Um, and just going through life and, you know, seeing a lot of people, I feel like that's a common thing. You know, we have that negative voice. Um, and I almost see it as like a separate entity from us. Like it's something that we weren't born with. Like you weren't born to look at ourselves with this lens of like, judgment and negativity and you know perfectionism but it's developed and I think there's definitely different factors whether whether it's societal whether it's you know just from survival or a family or you know just different factors um but if you had to name your inner critic or your um in like your negative voice would you give her a name if there is an, a name you would give her Honestly, when I was younger, I had, you know, some beef with this girl <laughs> named Chelsea, like when I was like in kindergarten. And so in my mind, my whole life, like Chelsea has been the bully name. Mm. And so, yeah, my inner voice, that negative mm -hmm. self-talk voice is mm. Chelsea for sure. That's my inner bully. Mm. Hands down. That's so deeply rooted too. I think yeah, um, it's connected to that. Yeah, directly, which is crazy sure. because um, I think I mentioned like a lot of the time we're not born with that voice. Like I think it's something that we develop, and yeah, a lot course. of the time it's exterior like voices that are echoing in our heads. And I do want to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. But um, I think even just first uh, and foremost is like getting to that point of like acknowledging. Um, ourselves and having those conversations and being aware that there is a set like a separation between the relationship that you have with yourself so um, with COVID and everything a lot of people have had to literally face themselves or sit with themselves and face those ugly parts those uncomfortable parts and deal with that negative voice um, and I wanted to know like do you feel like COVID has impacted you in that way or how have you seen people around you um, either change has it made them more self-aware um because i i've seen it and i definitely want to know what your observations have been yeah i think that for me 100 percent, the people around me have become more self-aware mm -hmm. i i think that covid has improved almost everyone mm -hmm. around me i think that it's been i know that there's definitely the flip side and i don't want to act ignorant towards you know, the fact that a lot of people have been negatively impacted. Mm -hmm. But I think that what I've noticed around me is that um, my closest people have been able to overcome that adversity yeah. and really come out shining. And I think that that was really, you know, admirable because although it might have started out negative, once they were able to adjust to that change, that it's positively impacted mm -hmm. them. Be they become more self-aware they become more gentle, more kind, slowed down, less mm -hmm. irritated, uh, more intentional, more focused on things that they like. It's been really good for me to watch. But mm -hmm. then also on the other hand, you know, people are stressed and yeah. I'm not ignoring that. That's real. Yeah, it's very real. And I've definitely seen the impact of like the stressors and all that. But I've also seen like I've never doubted the fact that discomfort always brings growth. So I think I think whether or not you like it, you've grown in 2020 because it's been an uncomfortable time. 
you've been put in a situation where you've had to face yourself. You've had to deal with your demons. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes it does bring about like negative consequences. But I do think as a whole, people will become better because of it. Um, so I, I do. I am aware that there is negative. There will be negative impacts. Like a lot of people, their mental health disorders have come forward because of it, because of the stressors or, you know, a lot of people have been diagnosed with anxiety or depression or, mm. you know, more severe um, situations. So I'm completely mindful of that. Um, and the biggest thing I hope that people take away from this whole COVID situation is self-awareness. I think that's something that we, our journeys kind of started a little bit earlier and that took time to get to this point. Um, and self-awareness is very much the beginning stage of healing in my opinion. Um, and you can agree. Um, but what do you do once you are self-aware? Like what's the next step? And that's something that I think uh, we don't discuss enough. Mm-hmm. Good question. When we're self-aware and we're able to accept what our gaps are, accept our strengths, Mm -hmm. accept our weaknesses, I think it gives us an opportunity to close certain gaps and become better and, you know, really see ourselves for who we are and where we want to be and who Mm -hmm. we can become. And I like what you said there. You made mention of the fact that you think that a lot of people should be in therapy and you're in therapy. Yeah. I actually have my first, I, last time we talked, you recommended, um, like a therapy, um, program or a therapy space or office or whatever that, um, you thought would be, um, you know, really nice. Like if I was looking or interested and I looked into that and then the lockdown happened and stuff and then it kind of got pushed to the side. But I do feel that I got the opportunity to kind of pay more attention to myself and do a little bit, you know, more. I used to, I was able to reach out to my wellness resources a little bit better during mm. COVID. So now um, I actually have my first session tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 9 a.m. So oh, I have tried therapy twice yes. and it hasn't been like too crazy for me. I didn't find it to be anything that was too eye opening. So I'm going in with openness again, but that's an example. I'm going to tie this back to the question Mm -hmm. as to what we can do once we are exposed to our gaps and what Mm -hmm. like we can, when we truly see ourselves, I was able to acknowledge that there's certain ways that I might be coping that are not extremely effective, Mm -hmm. shutting down, closing out certain things I'm ignoring and disconnecting. Those are some of my strategies that I want to you know, change and maybe yeah. do better. I, I'm f- infamous for like, if something's bothering me, I'm just like, you know what, block out, I'll revisit this in a week. Mm. And I don't, I want to be a better like problem solver, yeah, things like that. And so when I was able to like, you know, really see myself, it was just more apparent to me exactly what I wanted to fix. I was able to actually write it down mm-hmm. before when I was approaching therapy, I was like, mm, you know, yeah, therapy could be good. Why do I want to go? Oh, like I could be doing a couple of things better. It was very vague. And now mm-hmm. my goals are very specific. So when we become aware, what do we do next? We can become very specific and intentional yes. about where we're going and where we want to be and what needs repairing and what needs healing. Yeah. And so that would be my answer. Like, I feel oh, like I've, perfect. I've, you know, been able to directly notice like exactly where my errors are and where they show up and Mm -hmm. what my trigger points are. Yeah. And I wasn't really like seeing them in such a clear way. It was a little bit vague. I was like, yeah, this is a problem, but Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. No, that's so, that's perfect. I honestly could not have said it um, better myself. And 
just like you, therapy has been a whole journey, um, starting off with just the whole stigma around it, you know, being from yeah. my community and the culture and just hundred percent. That's it, another thing. Yeah. I feel big. like my religion and my culture always train me to believe that like therapy was not necessary, that all I needed was God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still have those, you know, I'm constantly breaking down these preconceived mm-hmm. ideals and stuff like that in my mind. It's something that I'm constantly working towards. Like, mm-hmm. I can brain, I can allow myself to be brainwashed sometimes just by what I think, what I was told was right without actually developing my own opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm working actively, you know, to like develop my own opinion on therapy mm-hmm. without just being like, I need God. Yeah. Because I do think that we all need God, but why can't we have God and therapy? Facts. Like, honestly, I why think um, that's very, that's very important. I think um, a lot of the time, we are so comfortable with what we're taught and we don't know anything else. So anything different seems very threatening or wrong. Um, and sometimes we do go to therapy and we're like, oh, it's not it. And sometimes you got to go a couple times. Like it took me at least four or five times before I found a therapist I liked. Something wow. in me told me like, just don't give up. Third um, time's a charm for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly. And it's, it, it, so that's the biggest thing I think. Um, finding someone who understands your journey, someone who understands your um, your identity. I think representation's huge. I'm very much for finding a therapist that either looks like you, has some understanding of the spaces you occupy. Um, that's very much why I want to be wow. in the work I do. And I think for the same nice. reason you do the work you do um, yeah. is to create that cultural sensitivity and that connection um, yeah. for people in our community. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a very important thing. Um, cause there's no way I'm talking to like an old white man about like growing up in an African household. Like he'll just look at me crazy. Like he won't understand what I'm saying. So I think that's really important. Um, and even just the language that my therapist use, like he'll be like, yo, so what do you do when, when guys holler at you? And I'm in my head thinking like, yo, my therapist is really asking me like, how, like guys hollering at me. Like that's the language that he's using because that's, you know, the culture that he's from and he understands. And it's like. I don't have to code switch in that moment. The last place you want to code switch is in therapy. Yeah. You need to be yourself. And I love that. So I think that that's really um, been really beneficial for me. Um, so, yeah, I definitely 100% what you said. I'm so excited. I'm going to ask you how it goes. But um, a little bit more about self-awareness and just um, the whole concept of like what to do now. Another thing I noticed about therapy is there's things that I thought I knew about myself but then having this unbiased, like neutral person call me out and be like, do you ever notice that you do this and this and it's like a pattern? And I'm like, damn, like I never even noticed that I do these things. And then they break it down, like where is it connected from? And kind of understanding the root has allowed me to figure out, OK, it's less of a um, like it's less of like uh, an unco- uh, like a unconscious thing now. It's I'm more conscious of it. So once you yeah. become conscious of something, you, that's when you can start tackling it and changing those behaviors or yeah. um, th- that way of thinking. And so that's been huge for me, like game changing. Um, so yeah, therapy is just growth. If you want to grow, I would always recommend therapy. Yeah, I think that yeah, almost everyone should go through that experience at one point or another during their life. I think that it's 
always, um, it's always helpful to see yourself from an unbiased perspective, from a therapist's lens, somebody to just, you know, open you up and Mm -hmm. you dissect and get into the core of who you are. I think that everybody could benefit from that. Yeah. No matter who you are, are, like it doesn't matter. It's never yeah, too I'm late. excited. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's gonna, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm actually going to follow up. Um, but you spoke on something um, a little bit earlier about, you know, just how society, culture, you know, your community has given these preconceived notions on how you should be, how you should think. Um, yeah. And then there's also kind of what you internally believe, your, you know, your higher self, whatever you want to call it. And um a lot of the time I've struggled with that because that voice, that inner voice takes on um, voices from people outside of me that I sometimes give more credibility to than my own voice. Because if they said it, then it must be true. Whether it was a caregiver, whether it was someone that I really, really um, loved or a person of authority. So now I'm internalizing their beliefs and seeing it as truth versus what I believe. I know it's very vague, but um, for example, if someone tells you, like a teacher tells a student, like you're not going to, you're, you're not going to amount to anything in life. I think that that is deeply rooted in how they, they see themselves. Now that voice hundred percent will always be there. Um, so there's a video that's been kind of going around. And the reason I bring this, it'll all tie together. Um, that's been going around. Um, and the guy's name is I, Kevin Samuels. Um, honestly, he will run it um, just for a little bit of audio reference, but just a little bit of background for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, essentially, a woman uh, is going on his dating show or advice show asking him that why isn't she able to get the type of man that she thinks she deserves, um, i.e. like a man who's of high financial caliber, looks a certain way, um, all these aspects. So he turns around and looks at her and says, well, you're average. Why, why do you think you deserve a man of higher caliber? So I'll just let the video go and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, is what I'm realizing. And ma'am, and that's my point. You ladies all feel like, listen, you ladies all feel like you're the exception to the rule. And then when someone like myself comes along and gives you a, a dose of reality, instead of just accepting it, it's like, yeah, but yeah, but I'm special. You don't know any men on this level that are not your father that aren't related to you. That means you don't know these men. You don't know where to go get them. You don't know what they want. But you're still saying, pick me. They don't want mid-30-year-old baby mamas. I'm trying to be polite, man, but they don't want those. Can I ask you a question? Did you hear what I said? Yes. Why is that so? Okay, go ahead. Why is it so? Go ahead. Um... My from my point of view, I feel like I, I get what you're saying. They, they they do have better options, but also those better options are younger girls. Those younger girls don't necessarily are necessarily twenty year olds are not necessarily attracted to forty five year olds. Bullshit! Um, Bullshit! 
I'm 51 and I, and I can't beat them off with a stick. That's another one on you lies. No, younger women are always, younger women are attracted to older men. What are you talking about? So can you see me? Yes, I can. Okay. So do you feel like a woman like me? Uh-huh. What would you rank yourself on a scale from one to 10? You cannot use seven. Would I rate myself? Mm-hmm, just your face. Um, my face when I wake up five, but when I put myself together six. Okay. And how tall are you? Five five. Dress size. I'm sorry. Your dress size. A three. Okay, so that makes you, if you give yourself a five, that's average. Yes. So average-looking women tend not to get high-earning men. They tend to get average men. So, um... Did you, did you, I mean, stop. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh my gosh. So, someone needs to come get their uncle, because he is... Honestly, when I first heard this video, I was dying of laughter. But part of me has heard this narrative before, you know, from society or from people, um, from men, you know, even from my dad in some form or some way, or from guys I've been with in terms of like what I should expect and what I deserve and, you know, what role or what spaces I can occupy based off of literal like superficial standards. Um, but that's so hard to not think about. Um, and, I, I don't know. I lost for words. So I just want to hear what you think. I know this is like the first time you heard like the full clip. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. I know. <laughs> hey, Chelsea told me the same thing. Chelsea told me that like, yeah, average people get average people and like, yeah, people of high class belong together and like, mm. Yeah, like, and when I say Chelsea, that's like the bully I referenced before. If you yeah. guys were listening before, but um, yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of lost for words. I'm kind of taken back. Like, I do feel mm-hmm. like he makes a valid point that my dad would probably say. Like, my dad would probably tell me, like, you know, that when you become a lawyer and you're this and you're this perfect, you're going to attract a person that's your your reflection. And he says it in a way that like when we're healed, like healed people, um, you know, heal people and broken people break people. And Mm. I do feel that we attract our reflection, but I, I feel like he says it in this toxic way that makes me not want to agree with him. Yeah. Like he says it in a way that seems so negative, but I do think that it can mm. be flipped in a really positive way mm. that when we're healed and when we're strong and we attract people that are of that caliber. Yeah. And, um, I, I do believe that. So I want to kind of say, yes, he makes a valid point, mm-hmm. whether it be positive or negative. I think that toxic people attract toxic people. Mm-hmm. And I think that average people attract average people. Yeah. As sure you think. Like, you know, I feel like he said it in a toxic way that it made me not want to agree with him. But like, I also feel like, yeah, this is facts. Part of me. I feel like we attract our reflection. hundred percent. We attract our reflection. hundred percent. Like it's crazy, but like what he's saying is facts in terms of like how society sees things. His voice is very much the echo of like what we see in social media, what we see um, just in media and music, everything, right? Just Mm -hmm. that whole idea of like, this is the space you occupy. And these are the reasons why you occupy it, because 
your body looks like this because this is your race, because this is the amount of money you make. Um, this is the amount of kids you have at this age. This is the job you have. Like literally as harsh as it comes, like that is what society has told us for so many years. Um, nowhere did he ask her, like, are you a good mom? Would you be a good a good partner? True. Are you healed? Do you have trauma? Like, I know that's not, like a lot of you will be like, oh, my God, that's so like corny. But like to me, that's more valuable for a partner than like mm-hmm. other like his like. Well, no, I was gonna say his height. OK, yeah, his height. I'm toxic. Height is a big thing for me. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say his height. That's funny. His uh, height. Yeah. Like, what's your height? <laughs> yeah, that's really toxic. Um, But see, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. That's jokes. Height's never been a thing for me. Ugh, That's funny. Like, I, I don't, I, I see all those jokes and all those memes, and I actually don't relate to them. I find them hilarious, but, like, I've, I have no criteria That's when it I, comes to height when I'm looking for a partner. Like, not at all. So do you feel like a taller man is more manly? Like, what is it? Yeah. Just- I don't know what it is. It's a very, I'm attracted to toxic masculinity end of the day. Like, that's what I've learned. And because I'm wow. aware of it, now I'm able to navigate different spaces. But that was the patterns that I was called out for. Like, why are you going for, you know, professional athletes? You know, why are you going for these alpha males that re- like reproduce these um, toxic masculine, like, um, behaviors it's like because to me that's what I was taught what a man does and it's like but that's not what I want like you know like that's what I want but that's not what I need <laughs> yeah Jeez. I know it's interesting yeah yeah I, I'm I'm hype blind for sure Good. I, I'm not really like yeah yeah but so just to recap yeah do you think that we attract people of our caliber or of our status do you think that yes or no i think we attract um people okay so we attract people based off of where we're at in life yeah i don't think based off of who we are but where we're at in life because i i look back at um partners i've had or even friendships um in terms of like on paper um maybe we kind of checked off but we matched a lot more in terms of like our journey so like Mm. whether I was self-aware whether I was still doing that like I was attracted to you because I was toxic because I wanted that hyper masculine um you know relationship and he wanted a very like nurturing submissive like trophy girl or whatever that could fit like curly hair, light skin girl, like, you know, and that's toxic. Like, that's not what, who I am, you know what I mean? But that's checks off like that cycle. Um, but I think we attract where like a mirror of not what we look like, but a mirror of where we're at. So the ideal would be obviously finding someone that we're also physically attracted to in that process. But I think when women say they're special, they're not saying we're special because we look like this. I always say, listen, Growing up in Toronto was so humbling because there is by far the most beautiful women in Toronto. By far. There is like, no way. <laughs> Yo, trust me. So being another pretty humbling. girl, yeah. another girl who looks exotic. Honestly, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? You know what I, I mean? learned quick that like having a pretty face doesn't really yeah. do 
justice because you're in a pool with so many other beautiful women. So what are you bringing to yeah. the table? Like you're just a number still. Yeah. You literally, and your looks aren't, and it was really saying to Yeah. Much. So that's, and I think that that's kind of an advantage for us. Cause that was never what I prided myself on. You know what I mean? Like looking exotic, being that exotic girl or being the curly hair, light skin girl is like, yeah. So are majority of my friends, not because I choose that because that's just, toronto's melting pot you know what i mean like straight up you know and it's not and i love it i think toronto has beautiful women but i also think that made me focus on substance like what makes me special beyond what i look like um and unfortunately i think when women say oh i'm special they're thinking like oh you know my body like i got a fat ass i have yeah very superficial or like what can i do like sexually to keep a man and it's like yeah I know I have the same reaction, (laughs) literally same reaction, but it's like end of the day that to me is, I don't really believe that that's what that woman like thinks. I think that that's what society has taught her to. It has value. Yeah. It has value. That's the only value she can bring to the table. Yeah. Um, even yesterday I was talking, um, there was a picture of of a girl on clubhouse, um, and beautiful, beautiful woman. But the picture she was using was like, a picture of her body and just like her ass out, her boobs. And I'm like, you don't need to do all that. Like you're a beautiful woman. You actually don't need to do all that. But to her, that's what society values. So I'm going to show my, I'm going to show my body, which to me, like show your body, but like not because that's what you think is the only valuable thing you bring to the table. You know, I bring this, but I also bring all this, you know? Um, So yeah. So that kind of to tie it back into our conversation, I think we are taught to internalize societal beliefs and internalize that as our own, you know, for so long, um, you know, I might've, I might've compared myself to other women, you know, because that's what I was told to do. Cause I literally have heard men compare other women, you know what I mean? Like, you know, she's bad, but she's also like, she's a nine or she's a 10. Like he literally asked her to rate herself on a scale on a physical scale. And he said, don't say a seven. So, (laughs) you know, he meant by that, which is crazy, but like, that's kind of what we're internalized. So now that voice, Chelsea, um, there's something about seven. That's so safe. Yeah. That's yeah. What do you think he meant by that? It's a safe number. huh? I think it's safe because I feel like it's a humble, safe, like I'm not six. It's like, okay. It's like getting a 70% on a test. Mm. It's like, yes. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm going to be I'm, okay. I didn't do good on the test. I didn't do super bad on the test. Mm-hmm. I did okay. Just mm-hmm. leave it at that. And like, that's like a humble, I feel like he took out that number because I just feel like seven is pivotal. Like it, mm. yeah. If you say that you're an eight, you're reaching, you're saying I'm great. I'm elite. I'm an A. I'm an A. That's an 80%. Like I'm an A. I'm in the top tier. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. From a man's perspective. Yeah. You know, I'm top tier. I belong. Like I'm, I'm the upper class. Yeah. You know, what's crazy. There was, um, there was a chat, you know, honestly, quarantine narrows the amount of things that take up your day. So I'm going to be talking about the same things over and over again. So I was in clubhouse and there was a a room. I think it was like, um, why tens deserve, um, any man they want or something like that. And it was basically 
a bunch of beautiful women in the chat and like these guys trying to tell them why they were not tens. And they were like laughing at these guys, like literally rating these guys. Um, That's jokes. I want to get more into um, Clubhouse. Oh my gosh. I have it, but I'm just not, you know, when you have an app on your phone, but you're just not yeah. hooked yet. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not hooked yet. Yeah. Honestly, it's just, I got time right now. So <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it, but yeah, it was just very much like I was looking at these women and I was like, yo, y'all are beautiful, beautiful women. Um, but it really came down to like what they look like. And I was just like, yeah, like I don't want to exist in that world. Like it's crazy. And I'm here looking at my display picture. I'm like, oh my gosh, should I just change my display picture. Like, is this too like professional looking? Like it's now I'm internalizing this. Like, what does a 10 look right. like? What does a nine look like? Like, oh my gosh, you know, and now you're comparing yourself. And um, literally a man said, I think only this girl is a 10. The rest of you aren't like that comparisons of women, putting women against so each toxic. other. <sighs> So toxic. Um, And to be honest, end of the day, yeah, it's cute. It's fun on on these social media apps. But like when you're you're in your head and you're going through a low and you're depressed, that conversation is going to be playing in your head. Yeah, facts. um, It reminds me of a conversation. This conversation is very similar to a conversation that was held on a Red Table Talk. Mm. Jada Pickett was just referencing how women are so mean to each other. And I think that... Mm -hmm. um, these conversations are actually generating almost like inner resentment and competition and all of these feelings within women that it's so, so toxic mm-hmm. for women to have to cope with mm-hmm. and to have to internalize and manage because it's one thing to internalize that thought and have it play in your head, but it's all about how you respond to it. And by planting those seeds in our, like in women's minds, it. Yes, it's it's hard to manage those thoughts and actually not make them personal. Yeah. And to like, you know, disconnect yourself and be like, this doesn't matter. It's hard to be like, this doesn't matter. This is not relevant information. It's very hard to not actually consider that conversation Mm -hmm. relevant, significant and true. Yeah. You know, that's a whole thought process on its own. Even if you're like not thinking about it one day, it'll come up on your like in your subconscious and, you know, it, it shows up naturally and the way that you cope with that is everything because Mm -hmm. managing those thoughts are difficult people don't like people underestimate like how impactful like a guy can tell a a woman like oh like your ass looks small in those jeans yeah and she'll be thinking about that for a week like should i get a bbl hmm do I need to go to the gym? Should I get a personal trainer? Like, it, it's just like, yeah. and it goes and it races. And, oh, is it flat? They ask their best friend, is it flat? Yeah. And they have to manage that thought and actually, like, try and suppress it. And it's very difficult and it keeps on showing up. Yeah. People don't, it's, you know? I don't think people recognize realize. that. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. There's, um, I don't know what the quote is, but essentially it's, um, you could tell a woman she's beautiful a hundred times, but you call her ugly once she'll remember for the rest of her life. Um, and that's, that's the truth. And like, Can I get an amen? yeah, right. Ooh, like, <laughs> like I felt that, but it's true. Like yeah. every criticism or, um, negative thing that has been said to me in terms of like a superficial thing. Um, I don't know why I think that that's the truth versus all the hundred times I've been told, like, you're great, you're beautiful. You have these amazing accolades, you know, you bring this intelligence to your energy. 
nah, y'all lying. Like, I'm this because so-and-so said my body looks like this or, you know, whatever it is, or I sound like this or whatever that negative thing. And end of the day, why do I believe that that's the truth over a hundred other people? Like, I don't know why we're programmed like that and why. Yeah. I almost like, I feel like it's so bad to the point that when my friends tell me something negative about Mm -hmm. me or whatever, or family members, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're being more honest. I feel like that is that exemplifies like true honesty and like them wanting to improve me as a person that I take it so seriously. Whereas when they're like complimenting me, I'm just like, ah, whatever. That's what I'm already doing good at that. I put so much weight on what I'm not doing good at. And that's all I want to like focus on all my energy on is where I can improve. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to hear. And when people like tell me, Hey, you're doing good at something. It goes over my head because I'm always addicted to what's next. Yeah. Same. And that's just the ego doing what it does. I know. Yeah. So about that ego. Um, but yeah, like honestly, that's something that I still struggle with. And I think, um, obviously therapy helps, but, Mm -hmm. um, having that now internal battle, between myself because now it's myself against myself it's not I'm not even sometimes I don't even realize where it's coming from right like I really think that okay well this is the truth but part of me also doesn't want to accept it uh, because it knows it's not um what has helped you you know like I don't know I I'm gonna try and think of some tips and things that have helped me but it's obviously a journey but what has helped you you know kind of fight that negative voice or really rationalize like that's not true like not mm-hmm. everything that is, ne- I think I'm looking it up because I do remember learning this in school, but I'm pretty sure it's called the negativity bias. Um, usually when we feel a negative emotion, it's a lot more intense. So we tend to remember it more, right? Because of that um, mm-hmm. uh, chemical reaction as well. And I think it has to do with like evolution and uh, survival instinct and all that. But anyways, aside from the psychology part, what do you think um, has helped you? if anything, because I know it's, it's literally, it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Honestly, that's a really good question. I have to write a lot of things down. Mm -hmm. The same thing with like my whole uh, therapy thing and writing down my goals. Mm -hmm. Like what is my intention? Because I had to be able to justify to myself, okay, why do you need therapy? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you going to go to this and spend time out of your day on your days off to like do this? I had to justify it to myself And like anything, I needed to say this is what it is. So unlearning is something, in order for me to unlearn something, I have to write down what I've learned and reprogram another area of life that I, like that negative critic and stuff like that and focusing on negative information. One area that I'm trying to specifically work on, an example of this would be um, not getting mad at myself for playtime. Mm, yeah, so activating that inner child and stuff like that. And we've, we've re- referenced that mm-hmm. in a discussion before. Oh, it always goes um, back to the inner child. Yeah. So I'll be sitting down playing my Nintendo switch and then I'll dash in and be like, okay, I didn't do enough homework today. I don't deserve oh. to play my switch. Damn. So I go through these moments or like, I'll be like going to book a vacation. I'll be like, I want to go to Jamaica mm-hmm. and I'll be like, I don't deserve to go to Jamaica because I haven't been mm-hmm. like, I'm behind on studying. So, what I've been trying to unlearn is just writing down affirmations, being like, I'm still deserving of playtime. I still deserve rest. 
I had to tell myself that because crazy. I actually don't think I deserve to rest because I don't feel I've worked hard enough. I feel that people who have worked hard deserve to rest. Mm. And so I, I have to, you know, reprogram my mind to understand that rest is important to being productive. It's a key component. Yeah. hundred percent. I have to write down on paper, like rest is important to my productivity. Mm. Playtime is important to my mental health. Yeah. And so writing down mm. those things have been like so impactful, but yeah. also, you know, it takes a while to recognize mm. that what you're telling yourself is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That awareness is the hardest part. Yeah. Writing down and dealing with it, I feel like is the easiest part because when we see it as wrong and we're mm. able to accept it, then we can do something about it. But I just feel like for me to be able to tell myself, okay, it's okay for me to play my Nintendo Switch for 30 minutes. Yeah. Like that in itself is difficult because like I think in a certain way. Yeah. I feel like, you know, people who go on vacation, I feel like I need to be doing everything perfectly before I go on vacation. Mm. I don't know what it is. Like, That's interesting. Yeah. That's a common thing. I, I don't know if it's just how we're brought up, if it has to do with like, the, I don't know. I, but I 100% like, my dad literally has taught me, like, to be successful, you have to suffer. Like, that is literally a narrative that I have in my head. It's yeah, a, it's the way suffer I suffer now and then you play later, later. like, or yeah, um, you know, save all your money now. Don't buy nice clothes. Mm-hmm. Don't go on vacation or whatever, so you can buy a house yeah. later. Yeah, very much. That I'm not deserving of anything fun because mm-hmm. I haven't bought a house yet yeah. or I haven't done this. There's yet. no idea of balance or um, you know, celebrating wins. You know, yeah. I think that that and I've I've had to realize like that's not serving me. And um, sometimes unlearning is harder than learning, which it sounds that sounds kind of weird. But no, um, no, sometimes real. you're yeah, because you're literally fighting against what you subconsciously and intuitively like have been doing for so long. Mm-hmm. So now you have to create new habits, but old habits die hard for a reason, you know, yeah. <laughs> it takes you know what they say. You can't teach an old dog new mm-hmm. tricks. And that's the truth. I feel mm-hmm. like it's true. It's just so hard to teach an old dog new things mm-hmm. when you already feel like you know what you're talking about and mm-hmm. you already feel like you know what it is. Yeah. You already have decided in your mind, I need to suffer first before I can go on vacation. Yeah. It's so hard to like be like, no, I can go on vacation. I don't need to suffer. Like you mm-hmm. have to just switch up your whole, you know, perspective on life. It mm-hmm. takes a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So an approach that um, sometimes I use or I've used with my sisters and I think that we, we've we talked about, um, for instance, say a friend came to you and said, like, this guy said I was average. I'm assuming your reaction would be like, he's crazy. Like, you're not average. You know what I mean? Like, say I was like, hey, Tat, yeah. like, I'm not feeling good. Like, this guy said I'm, like, average at best. You would look at me crazy. You'd be like... Yo, he's out of his mind, Vaz. Yeah. Like, that's not how I see you, you know, all these things and vice versa. But you don't, you wouldn't necessarily, well, I know I would have a hard time thinking automatically, like, that that he's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would believe him. I, I, part I of me, admitting that, but 100% believe would believe him. Like, 100%. And it's, why do we have that level of compassion, that level of, like, um, confidence in other people and self-worth in other people but we don't have it with ourselves like that is like basically yeah to kind of bring everything full circle to the the quote that we started with I 
that is a hard thing for me to grasp because I am my hardest critic at the end of the day. There's nothing someone can say to me that either I haven't heard or I haven't said to myself. Yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah. I've said it to myself already. Yeah. And I think that also, like, Chelsea, mm-hmm. we'll reference her again. Yeah. If that guy's telling me that I'm average, and Chelsea already told me that I'm average. Yes. Like, it's also It bad. validates like, it. It just validates it. I'm like, yeah. oh, he just agrees with Chelsea. Like, yeah. I have already, like, yeah. you know, and I'm constantly, like... Fighting that already. So if mm-hmm. he's just coming along and confirming it, it's just like yeah. complete self neglect. Mm-hmm. I'm so ashamed mm-hmm. to say that those are my real truths. No, but it's they're definitely so same. I think it's a common, a very com- there's very few people who I think um, wouldn't have that reaction. Yeah, takes takes a lot of mental like um, not even strength because I think like mental strength is another thing, but like a certain level of like confidence and work, like you've done the work, I think, for those things to no longer affect you. Yeah, I don't even know when I'll actually think that I'm not average. I always think it's, we always Mm -hmm. think, hey, if I accomplish this, I won't be average. That's true. If like you could be saying, hey, that's true. When this happens with my podcast or whatever, you know, or I could be saying when this happens with Plant House, I won't feel this way. And it's not true. That is so interesting. There's always, I, my mentor said to me at every stage in life, Mm. your, your circle, like the people that you become surrounded with will create a different, like competitive narrative. Mm. So what that means is I forget the exact way that he phrased it, but he would always just say like, once you get into that circle with the elite people, like mm-hmm. you're just going to be comparing yourself to the people that like mm-hmm. have a Bentley or whatever, mm-hmm. wearing true. Balenciagas or whatever, like mm-hmm. whatever it is, you're, you're always going to have that, that gap or yeah. that Delta to fill and it never goes away. And, um, one thing that we got to understand is in life, we'll always want something and, you know, sitting in that place of gratitude and just always reflecting on what you have, what you have and not what you don't mm-hmm. is like really just huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, closing those gaps and really quieting those narratives mm-hmm. because the that voice is loud, man. You got to really speak louder and like, yeah. you know, scream. Literally. That I think gratitude out loud. 100%. You got to, you know, say it with your chest. Literally say it with your chest. <laughs> um, a big thing that has helped me is because I'm so quick to believe um, a negative thing, I think about who do I trust and love that I believe, no matter what they say, whether it's, for me, it's like my best friend, my sister, my dad. Those are the three people, like, I know they're going to tell me the truth. No matter what, no matter what it is, they're going to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. So when I do have that negative, that negative voice speak, I automatically think, how does this person see me? Or how would they see me and react to this uh, comment? So, um, for instance, if I told my, my, like, obviously it's my dad, but, like, if I told my dad, like, yeah, like, I'm average. Honestly, I think he would just slap me, to be very honest with you. He would feel disrespected. He'd be like, average? Put some respect on my name, first of all. (laughs) You're my daughter. But, like, um, I, I just think, like, that conviction that they have towards us, it's like, I try and replace now that voice. Because yeah. I believe them. I believe them. Yeah. So that's kind of what's helped me. And then, you know, through time, that voice has become my own. Um, but for a long time, I didn't even know, like, what I believed, what I didn't. So I had to kind of bring a voice that I did trust. Mm. 
um, into the picture. That. Yeah, that's a strategy that I haven't. Yeah, it's another like, way. That's a, yeah, that's an approach that I haven't tried before. Yeah. So I, I, been helpful. I should incorporate that yeah. or try that. Try that. Yeah, that's um, something I'm actively struggling with. So. Yeah, no. And I think everyone is. I think it's very common to kind of struggle with, like yourself, you know, the whole me versus me. You are your biggest obstacle. Like, I honestly, I always say this, like, my biggest fear is that I will stand in my own way. Like, I know that I have always been my biggest obstacle, um, whether it be mentally, whether it be in terms of, like, not having enough resources, um, all these things. And if I can get past that, I'm good. There's no one who can stand in my way more than I can stand in my own way. Yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah, and it's just coming to like, oh, like coming to that realization and also finding ways to overcome that. Because it it sounds like, okay, well then don't do that, Baz. Like if it was that easy, I think we would have all unlocked that level of life. Um, but it's not. It definitely takes practice, takes therapy, takes wanting to do the work. Yes. Um, so I want to kind of end off this topic in terms of finding different ways to balance um, your, your, your own standards towards yourself, your own compassion, um, and, but still maintaining like a level of wellness, um, just a better self-view. Um, yeah, just towards yourself, I think. We kind of discussed different techniques that we've done, but like what are ways that you've practiced compassion towards yourself? Um, I hate using the word self-care because Girl, same. I, I don't know why like I think it's it over quarantine, especially I'm over just it. just ruined it. And yeah. Just we need a new face one. Face masks and baths. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what self-care, like, that's the long yeah. story short. So yeah. I don't want to say Throwing that. some candles, you're good. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's the definition of self-care, like put it in Webster, but like, mm-hmm. um, I want to, so self-care is um, writing down affirmations. Mm-hmm. Self-care for me is uh, cooking my favorite things. I love that. Showing myself that I deserve my favorite foods. Mm-hmm. I deserve um, to be reminded that I'm beautiful and that I, like, I can offer myself those things mm. or that I am enough or that what I've accomplished is great. Mm. Things like that are really ways that, you know, I always look at how I define love from, you know, another person and try and see try and train my, my mind to believe that everything that I'm looking for and maybe other people or those, you know, languages of compassion or love can be offered, Mm -hmm. um, to myself. And I look for ways to like do that, whether it's, yeah, like taking yourself on, you know, your own date, doing all of your favorite things, you know, and like doing the affirmations, doing those things. And, um, you know, up, um, uplifting yourself in, and, or like, you know, in a very, very natural and organic way. Um, yes, that could include a face mask. If that's like one of your favorite things, I'm not saying not to, but Mm -hmm. I I just want to express that it's more than just that Mm -hmm. it's digging a little bit deeper and loving on those parts of yourself that nobody can love because they may may not even see those things, you know? So, um, it's the unlearning, it's the unpacking, it's the journaling, it's the reading and, you know, discovering and stuff like that. Like those are, those are really good ways to show compassion, but also, you know, setting goals. There's nothing wrong with goals. goals. Um, you know, like that's how you can meet standards. 
but you can also show yourself compassion and just constantly, you know, working towards goals, showing yourself compassion and having a good schedule mm-hmm. and a routine that focuses on both equally. Mm-hmm. Not that you have to be so focused on your goals in order to, to, to deserve um, compassion, but mm-hmm. rather that you can love on yourself daily yeah. and be working on your goals daily. They're both equally as important. Yeah. So just changing that narrative. Making, that's, yeah. that's really how I kind of find balance is making them equally as important in my mind. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Mm-hmm. I think even taking that, um, making your relationship with yourself, it's healthiest as a goal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. setting it in that, in that terminology. It's the hardest relationship. Um, it's the hardest one, right? Um, and it's a, the longest one as well. So I think to me, a lot of the time, like my definition of success, my definition of happiness is having a healthy relationship internally, first and foremost. Um, And it's constant work. Um, I love the idea of like how you treat, how you expect to be loved you should love yourself in that way. Yeah. I've been buying myself flowers all the time. Oh, I do that. I love it. I I do that. It's so empowering when you realize that you don't need to wait on somebody to treat you. Yeah. It's so empowering. You're like, wait, what? What? It's really, and it's small. Like, I don't know if, it, it might not resonate with you, but there might be something else, but like even getting your nails done or, um, but sometimes compassion can also look like you're literally bawling your eyes out and you're also pulling yourself together and telling yourself like, nah, you, (laughs) you that bitch fast. Like you're going to be okay. You know, you okay. So I think, um, it it does have that fun, cute component of like, you know, taking care of yourself in a superficial way because that is self care, but also like facing those demons. I love what you said about like facing that inner part that is hard to love. And because why would you expect someone else to love it if, you resent it so heavily. Exactly. Yeah. So I think finding time to face yourself, and I really, really, really hope people have done that during this time of COVID. Um, mm. Just reflecting, you know, and not necessarily looking at it as like an ugly, but like ex- I think acceptance is the first phase. You know, there's parts of us that, you know, we're not perfect, we're human, um, but they're also part of like who we are, you know, part of our journey, part of what we have to offer. Um, and there's a lot of things within me that I used to want to change and I resent it so hard, but they're also part of like my power and my magic. So it's about like accepting, loving, and um, knowing that you are worthy of that externally mm-hmm. as well. Um, I'm saying this like I've mastered it, but I'm still on that journey. Um, but I really, really, I really appreciate you sharing your input and your journey with We're us. All students. I know. I always you sharing of yours, course. you know, and it's true. Like I talk about these things and I know like the things that I've, you know, done to, you know, overcome adversity mm-hmm. and overcome these struggles, but I'm still learning so much. 2020 mm-hmm. reminded me more than ever that I'm a student. Yeah. I'm just learning how to sit in this seat comfortably. I actually mm-hmm. made that a caption on one of my posts because Ooh. that's, um, that to me really just described this year for me is just being able to sit in my mm-hmm. student seat comfortably and like be like yeah I belong here in a place of learning and Mm. unlearning and I'm still strategizing and still needing to be like you know led or like Mm. needing leadership or needing you know that guidance and stuff like that because I I sometimes feel like I should know it all and that I should be in a place where I'm like done learning and that's not the truth like we're always students always always I think yeah I think forever I'll be a student um so to kind of end off on a high note, I don't know if you remember, but we like to end with a small joy. 
What has brought you happiness in the last week? Could be last month. Just a small thing. My birthday. Oh my God, yes. Happy belated. Holy shoot. Yeah, my birthday. It was like, it was different, you know, COVID. Yeah. But I did, I ate foods that I liked. I just, I was heavy on the self-care, heavy on the self-love, heavy on the like doing everything that I liked, not feeling guilty um, for anything. So Mm. that's something, it was really about me being able to celebrate me and it didn't, I wasn't in a position to ask everybody to celebrate me and come to my party and celebrate me. It gave me the opportunity to, for me to actually figure out ways to celebrate Aww. myself with myself. Ooh, you look know? at that. Look at that. So that I'm really, ties in yeah, nicely. I'm really proud of that. It was really, it was a very unique experience. Like I love doing a Victoria's Secret lingerie party. I did mm-hmm. that last year and I still kind of did like a little bit of that. And Ooh. like made it kind of cozy because it was so fitting for honestly. My birthday's coming time. up. I'm probably gonna do some like throw on a robe. Yeah, what? Yeah, some Just slippers look, are good. Yeah, some slippers look cute and stuff like that. So I did a little bit of that. Did a little bit of eating food. Yeah, some ice cream, some recipes. It was good. It yeah. was good vibes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What about you? What's been um, making you happy? Keeping you ooh. up and smiling. I feel like the days have become a blur, to be very honest, just because, like, I'm not going outside. I need to start getting outside more. Um, definitely the sunsets, actually, even before you oh, got here. Oh, I missed that one. Oh, my gosh. The sunset. The one the other day that everyone took a oh, picture yeah. of. Oh, yeah. That one was crazy. And the view that we have right now. I was in my workplace, and oh, then I no. went on Instagram. When the sun set, I realized that I missed the most beautiful thing in the world. Oh, sometimes so I'm just pissed. like... Do we deserve this? Yeah. Are we worthy of this? Is this God telling us like you're coming out of this somehow? Like it's just so beautiful. And I just sit there and I'm like, damn, like God did that. Like that's crazy. I don't know why I I could see one today and then I could see one tomorrow. I'll still be amazed. Um, Mm -hmm. And it it just, I've been very grateful just for the view that I have, you know, being able to move out and all that. Um, But that's very much, I don't know. There's some, there's a level of gratitude I have every time I see it. Nice. Um, I don't know. It's probably deeply intertwined with something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But yeah, the sunsets. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. And Wicked. sunrises too. I love that. I've been really, lo- I've been having a deep love affair with the sun lately. Like it's nice. been crazy. Yes. Nice. Um, yeah. I love sunrises. I went through um, a bit of an obsession with that during quarantine where yeah. I was waking up at like five and yeah. going and watching the sunrise. It's divine. Like, I love it. It's incredible. I don't know what it is. But it's so easy to start your day off with gratitude when you start your day off like that. Like, yes, it just sets a beautiful tone for the day. I actually recommend it for somebody who's down and just needs a quick reset. The Mm -hmm. sun will reset you. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll be like, yeah, this earth is like, you know. It'll be all right. Yo, act, yeah. Act beautiful. Yeah. You're going to be all It'll right. It'll be good. Um, so where can we find you? They're looking for the juices and the gels or more IG, info. Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook. What's the app? Tatiana Newland. My name is spelled with two N's and an I. No Y. I'll put it in the description. Yeah. Thanks, Bass. You got always you. got it. I got you. I got you, girl. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then Plant House, like I said. Plant House is spelled the German way. Mm-hmm. That's my uh, plant-based juice company, um, all, available on all platforms. I love it. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. I actually have to come pick up some juices. I was literally thinking, I was like, 
you live up the street now. Like I have no excuse. Like I'm, I'm doing easy. an order. Yeah. Load you up. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> um, and y'all can find us at call me crazy pod. You can find me at be for real. Um, tune in on Sundays and Tuesdays on key radio, and we will see y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Name what Genius, that ain't crazy. Genius, that ain't crazy.